Did you vote on the hiring of 87,000 IRS agents? Was the transfer of student debt from those who incurred it to those who did not? Was that on a ballot? The attack on energy independence, did you vote for that? No, no, no. Mandate, orders, those are the elements of tyranny. And it's happening in the last free country on earth. You need to start thinking clearly. And clarity requires the truth. And this is TNN. And your guide is Dan Newman. We don't have an exclusive on truth. But let me tell you what. We're dominating the media marketplace with facts. That's a fact. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. Welcome to TNN Live. Let's get started with something pleasant. How about that? How about Andre Crouch? Remember him? You're going to like this. Turning from the Lord, lift your head to the sky, your redemption 
somebody thinks something's right doesn't mean it's right. And just because someone thinks something's wrong doesn't mean it's wrong. It's up to us to use our inborn ability to discern, to be able to tell what's true and be comfortable with what we believe is true and not have it ripped out of our minds and our hearts just because someone else disagrees. And they may be a very important person, maybe in politics, maybe in the entertainment world. Let me just let me just tell you, we live in an era that is literally upside down. Everything appears to be one thing, and we're told it's something else. You want a few examples? If a dude pretends to be a woman today, you're required to pretend with him. Facts don't matter. If they say it, you got to believe it. And somehow it's un-American today for the census to count how many legal Americans are in America. Legal is the key word to that. Russia's influencing our elections. That's bad. But illegals voting in our elections somehow seems like a good idea. It was cool for Uncle Joe, Joe Biden, to blackmail the former president of Ukraine. But it's an impeachable offense if Donald Trump talked to this president of Ukraine about it in a phone call. Got impeached for doing that. Today, 20 years old is too young to drink a beer, but 16 or maybe 18 is old enough to vote. People who have never owned slaves should pay slavery reparations to people who have never been slaves. 
people who have never been to college should pay the debts of college students who took out huge loans to go to their college of their choice to get whatever degree they wanted to pursue. Immigrants today with tuberculosis and polio are welcome here, but you'd better be able to prove that your dog got vaccinated. Irish doctors and German engineers who want to immigrate to the U.S., they got to go through a rigorous, long vetting process. But any illiterate gangbangers who jump the southern fence, welcome. Come on in. We don't care about any of the details of who you are. Just come on over. $5 billion for border security. That's too much to pay. But one and a half trillion, trillion with a T, for free health care. Yeah, that's okay. That's good. Today, if you cheat to get into college, you go to prison. But if you cheat to get into the country, you go to college for free. People who say there's no such thing as gender are crying for a female president. We see other countries going into socialism and they're collapsing, but it's supposedly socialism seems like a great plan for us. Criminals are caught and released to hurt more people, but stopping them from committing crimes is bad. Why? It's a violation of their personal rights. And pointing out all this hypocrisy somehow makes whoever points it out a racist? Nothing makes sense anymore. Not a darn thing. No values. No morals. No civility. People are dying of a Chinese virus, but it's racist even to refer to it as Chinese, even though it began in China. We are clearly living in an upside-down world where right is wrong, wrong is right. Moral is immoral, and immoral is moral. Good is evil, and evil is good. Where killing murderers is wrong, but killing innocent babies is right. Did you ever think we'd find ourselves at this point in U.S. history where all of these and many more examples are out there and they just become normalized? We're supposed to accept them just because of wokeism. And oh, by the way, who created woke and wokeism? Who did it? It was people that wanted to be perceived to be something that they are not. And they took the opportunity to demand you better listen to and believe what I tell you. If you don't, you're going to be an outcast. We're going to kick you out of society. There's so much insecurity in the nation today. People just or not confident about very much. And let me just say this. I'm going to throw this in there, and I'll hack off somebody I know. But if you're floating around in la-la land and you can't get your feet 
rooted on the ground in any place, why don't you start here? Why don't you just circle back? Do the Jen Psaki, former White House press secretary, old circle back. Circle back to some other point in your life that happened maybe a few months ago or maybe a few years ago or maybe decades ago. Somebody told you about a relationship with God and you thought about it. Maybe you even kind of dabbed your foot in the water for a minute. Why don't you go back and just dive in and give it a whirl? What could it hurt? What could it hurt? How do you do that? Just ask God to come in. Lord, I'm tired. I want to know what's good. I want to know what's bad and be able to discern between the two. And I really want to do the good stuff. And I really don't want to do the bad stuff. You're just one of those Jesus freaks. Um, yep, I am. I'm guilty. I had a relationship with God when I was very young. It changed my perspective on life before I was even 10 years old. Life hasn't been a bed of roses either. But when the thorns come in, I have a little help to get me through those things now. And I take advantage of it every time I can. And if I don't get anything else other than one thing, it's worth it. Peace. I'm at peace. I haven't had it great all the time, but I am a very blessed man. A great wife of 48 years, three children, six grandchildren, health, happiness, friends, all of those things rolled in. Now, the world circumstances that you're troubled with, I'm troubled with them too. But I refuse to let circumstances, my environment, determine who I am. I know who I am. And you should know who you are too. How do you get to that point? Go right back to what I mentioned just minutes ago. Talk to God. How do you talk to God? Talk to God just like you talk to someone around you. Hey, God, this is me. Haven't talked to you in a long time, or maybe I've never met you or talked to you at all, but I really need some help in this thing. I can't figure all this stuff out. Would you help me? Guess what? If you listen, you'll get answers every time. You got all of that, all of what you just heard, You got it absolutely for free. And let me just tell you this. The other things you're going to hear today, if you put all of those things in the context of what I just told you, you'll feel a lot better at the end of the two hours of the Thursday chapter of TNN Live. We're here every day. Even if we're overseas, we broadcast this show live from Israel. For about nine of the ten days we were there, many of you joined us. We'll be on the road. We were on the road last week in northwest Texas. We'll be on the road later in other places. Join us whenever you can, because even if it's only a few tidbits of truth that we're able to ferret out and bring to you that you maybe haven't heard of before, every one of those, every one of those, will make a difference in your lives. Do you want to buckle down and get right to it today? Man, we have a busy, 
busy day. Right now, there are a bunch of thirsty journalists and cameramen from local, national, and international media outlets that they're all getting together. They've been there since Monday evening outside the New York County Criminal Court. They're clamoring for content at a demonstration by the New York Young Republican Club, the NYYRC, and they're there in support of former President Donald Trump. Now, this event, which consisted of not more than a few dozen members of the Populist Conservative Club, a handful wearing Make America Great Again, those evil MAGA hats, and some were waving American flags. It was mobbed by media, outnumbering the actual demonstrators at least two to one. In a shameless bid for politics porn, ahead of the expected arraignment of the former president. It still hasn't happened, and it still might happen even today. So this group stood around, mingling amongst themselves, mostly ignoring the news outlets circling around them, shoving lights, mics, and cameras in their faces. Eventually, one man, who had identified himself as Job, J-O-B, like Job in the Bible, entered the scene to protest the presence of the Young Republican Club, presenting potential conflict. Much to the journalist's excitement, they were foaming at the mouth. Cameramen tripped over themselves, rushing over in a swarm, shoving each other. As the New York Young Republicans Club Executive Secretary Vish Bura approached Job to ask him to give the demonstrators some space. So, following Vish's request, Job continued chanting from the sidelines, at one point astutely questioning why there were a effing thousand cameras at the event any on the level editor would conclude was not worth the bandwidth. As the NYYRC president Gavin Wax took to the limelight, holding something like an impromptu press conference, He touted the club's support of President Trump, and he ripped Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. There is support for President Trump in the bluest area of the country, right here in Manhattan, right outside the courthouse where he might be arraigned. Wax was speaking to the reporters. This is a politicized prosecution, a persecution with no merit, he went on. This guy's in college, surrounded by a effing thousand cameras, a thousand cameras. This guy, this guy is effing young enough to be my grandson. And y'all listening to him? That came from out of the crowd. So following the gaggle, Job approached Burra again, which again elicited spastic excitement from the media. They flooded over to get their microphones in front of these two in a conversation. Money is the root of all evil. Look at your Bible. Money and God don't mix, Job told Burra, leaning toward him in front of dozens of those camera lenses. I'm Hindu, Burra snarked. (laughs) I'll shake your hand on that. I got Hindu friends, Job responded, extending his hand. You got one right here, Burra said as he took Job's hand. You having a good time? Did you like the party? There ain't no party. 
It's the Republican Party, actually, Burr equipped. Job then offered to have Burr over for an actual party on his roof, saying he lives across the street in the Tribeca neighborhood, as the cameras all of a sudden turned away. Some of the young conservatives stopped to greet the counter-protester or whatever, some shaking his hand, some praising him for exercising his First Amendment right, but the cameras weren't interested in that either. Job stopped for a chat with Breitbart News, where he proudly shared photos of himself with Al Sharpton, Sabrina Fulton, and Tracy Martin, the parents of Trayvon Martin. He had one from 2018 with Jesse Smollett, too, which he shared as well, albeit a little less proudly. Interspersed between photos of his daughters and his son and many, many large family gatherings, there were pictures of Job playing ping pong at PayPal Venmo's West Village corporate office. As it turns out, Job is a management-level employee of Venmo and alleged senior member of Black Lives Matter. Hmm. And that's a little bit of that whole back and forth that journalists just somehow missed. At one point in the conversation, Job gestured to one of the NYPD officers that were patrolling the premises the demonstration was taking at, and the cop waved back. Then he pulled up a photo of himself and a man who was clearly the same man as the officer standing eight feet away and their daughters at a family barbecue. Paps missed the money shot. The cop is their fantasy agitator's brother. I wanted to bring that to you because that is a play-by-play of just one of the little things that are happening. Today's media, they are foaming at the mouth collectively. They are dying to see Donald Trump actually make a perp walk. Oh, better than that, a perp walk with handcuffs. Oh, and his handcuffs on his hands or behind his back as he, with head down, walks through the crowd and he goes in to face justice. This is real, people. This is really happening today. These people, there are people from all across the nation, even some from over the other side of the pond that flew over here and they're trying to get a microphone, a television camera lens, a recorder in the middle of all of this so they can be the ones that get the video picture, the sound bite, the words out of the mouths of those that are involved in this persecution, this prosecution, whatever you want to call it, of Donald Trump. Alvin Bragg. Depends on who you look at, who you talk to. You may see somebody or hear someone that considers Bragg Superman and then someone standing right beside that person that thinks he's the epitome of Satan. And by the way, there's very little room in between those two personifications. Pretty much you got to believe one or you got to believe the other. 
Isn't it astounding that this whole thing we're talking about is built supposedly on the rule of law? And what is the number one fundamental of the rule of law in the United States of America? For everybody, not even citizens only, everybody that puts a foot on American soil, no matter what, you are always innocent until proven guilty, but not in the hearts or the minds of the Democrat sycophant leftist that they threw out the rule of law from their hearts and their minds and their lives a long time ago. The only thing that matters is what they want, period. And if you don't fall in line with that, you have got to be canceled. And oh, by the way, they're the ones that are authorized to do it. And they're the ones that will do it. Cancel you. Do you think we'll ever wake up? I really don't know. I really don't know. I always have had confidence and faith in the fiber of this nation, in the people of this nation. I have always felt like somewhere, somewhere out in the 50 states, somewhere out in the middle of the wilderness, the desert in Southern California, the mountains of South Dakota, somewhere there would be a group, maybe an individual with a loud voice that would just stand up and speak the truth and it would resonate from sea to shining sea. It's happened before. Why can't it happen right now? Why can't we get back to demanding the truth, digging, investigating, to find those nuggets of truth about everything instead of just creating new guidelines, new rules every day for every individual. And the only thing that matters is if that person thinks they're good, they're good. If that person thinks they're bad, they're bad. And you, law enforcement, friends, family, relatives, you don't have a right to disagree with them or you'll get canceled. I saw it coming the first time I heard somebody explain their reasoning about one particular thing this way. The very first time I heard it, well, you can have your truth, but I've got mine. That, my friends, is the illustration of the death of the truth in our nation. That's what's got us walking down, maybe not even walking anymore. Maybe we're running down the road to destruction. And if it happens, it won't be destruction at the hands of North Korea or China or Russia. It'll be at the hands of we, the people, that just sit back and idly watch it happen. And then we have this stuff that's going on in New York City that all of these media folks have been hanging out for. And that's the persecution and the destruction of the orange man. But guess what? Truth is coming out. Facts are coming out. And the narrative that 
Prosecutor Alvin Braggs has been touting very quietly. It's been slipping into every news story. Every day, there's more truth. There's more facts. Donald Trump, he broke the law. He created a criminal offense in his own life, and he has got to be indicted and then prosecuted and then convicted and thrown in jail. We cannot let him even run for president of the United States. Why don't we do this? Why don't we back up a little bit? Why don't we go back and look at this? Maybe climb up a hill and just look down at everything that's going on and try to draw some realistic conclusions based upon the facts of the matter. We're going to do that today. We're going to do just that. And it won't just be me pontificating about it. You're going to hear from some other folks that'll weigh in and they'll tell you, maybe, just maybe, things are a little bit different. Facts are a little bit different than what's on the front page. What's the lead headline? Facts matter. And they may be something that you don't believe. But just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not a fact. Back right after this. I pass through the trees. I leave behind the mountains. I weave in the air. I fly over the birds. And I wish when I complete my journey, I leave behind a better world. Honda Civic Hybrid, India's first hybrid car with IV Tech engine, leave behind a better world. Hi, I'm Jet Williams. Even though I never knew my father, Hank Williams, his legacy taught me the meaning of lending a helping hand. That's why I support the Orphan Foundation of America. OFA is committed to providing education, mentoring, and a workplace readiness for thousands of teens aging out of the foster care system. With the help of OFA's support programs, these young people can go to college and trade school, graduate, and make the leap from foster care to success. To learn how you can help, visit Orphan.org. Des Moines HelpWanted.com salutes the employee of the month. The one employee you can't live without. The others, let's just call them Dave. Dave, we need to talk about your sick days. What seems to be the problem, Mr. Employee of the Month? Last week you were out all five days. I was sick. Thanks for checking in. You posted on social media that you were at a comedy club on Monday. Laughter is the best medicine. An outdoor barbecue on Tuesday. Feed a cold, starve a fever, or whichever one needs to be fed. That's the one I had. Okay, Wednesday you took a selfie. Hashtag faking sick. That was supposed to say freaking sick. Thursday you were at an amusement Park. Somebody stole my phone. They stole your phone and uploaded photos of you at an amusement park. Yes, fake news. Friday, you tailgated in the employee parking lot. Friday's basically the weekend. Everyone knows that. If you don't mind hiring Dave's, go to the huge national job boards. That's probably what you'll get. But if you want more employees of the month, go where local job seekers find good local jobs. We don't discriminate against people named Dave. Dave is a common name, fun to say, and so we're using it as a catch-all for lackluster employees everywhere. Please don't write us to tell us you were insulted by this ad. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Too much spin on your plate? How about a diet of truth? The Truth News Network sets your table. And here again to serve it up is Dan Newman. Well, 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 what's on the table today? We don't know. We have been told that grand jury in Manhattan is set to get together at 12 noon today. 
And that would make folks and makes a lot of folks think there's something big on the horizon. What might that be? Before we even get into that, why don't we go back and find out what's really going on? What the heck is all this stuff in New York City about other than the just go get the orange man? Is the Manhattan District Attorney getting cold feet? Oh, Alvin Bragg canceling today's grand jury session into former President Trump's hush money investigation. And it comes amid word of, quote, major dissension in the DA's office. That's not surprising since the progressive DA has been accused of turning the case into a political witch hunt. Watch. It is a political persecution. It is not a prosecution. It is targeting Donald Trump because Alvin Bragg is a left-wing Democrat who hates Donald Trump. To me, it's about Trump's the name, but put somebody else's name, what would you be saying? This is political, and the country sees it for what it is. There he is, Ohio Republican Congressman Jim Jordan, among House Republicans, who sent a letter to Bragg on Monday demanding his testimony before Congress. And the chairman of the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, Jim Jordan, joins me now. Welcome, Congressman. Good to be with you, Kennedy. Thanks for having me. I mean, there is so much weaponization in the government right now, not just the federal government, because it has gotten so big and takes so much of our money and borrows so much money and creates so much debt that they have to do something with that. And that means they have grown more powerful. So between tech cronyism, uh, turning parents into, you know, domestic terrorists or uh, a rogue progressive DA going after a former and potentially future president, what is most egregious to you? Well, I think all of it. I mean, these agencies are supposed to serve we the people. Instead, it seems like they're targeting the American citizen. And, And the one you bring up, we just released a report yesterday about the targeting of parents who show up at school board meetings to advocate for their son or daughters. The Democrats told us, oh, they will never use domestic terrorism resources against parents. Yes, they did. In the Northern District of Georgia, that in fact was done. Democrats said there was no coordination between school board groups and the government prior to the letter being sent asking for them to get involved. Yes, there was. The school board's groups talked with the White House, the Justice Department, and the Department of Education before that letter was ever sent that prompted Merrick Garland to issue the memorandum. And, of course, Democrats said this was widespread. It was all across the country. No, it wasn't. In fact, one U.S. attorney, now this is a Democrat U.S. attorney in the Biden administration, said that this was a manufactured crisis. This was the local law enforcement said, what are we doing here? This is not a federal issue. If there's real problems, we'll, 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 we'll handle at the local level. So, yeah, that is a great example. And then, of course, what you have Alvin Bragg attempting to do or maybe going to do in the district attorney's office in Manhattan. Yeah, it's unsafe here in New York. People are not prosecuted. Uh, People operate and harm each other with impunity. They know that, you know, at most, they're going to get a ticket. Most violent felonies have been downgraded to be misdemeanors. But here you have a misdemeanor that's being upgraded to a felony. So do you now the former president says he thinks that there will not be an indictment. Do you share that view? I don't know. I mean, it's sort of been back and forth over the last couple of days. We'll see. But you're right. He downgrades most uh, felonies to misdemeanors. The felony cases he brings, he loses half of them. His main witness, if he brings this action against President Trump, is Michael Cohen, a guy who lied and went to prison for lying, who came in front of the Oversight Committee, by the way, a few years ago, and lied six times in front of Congress. That's his star witness. So I think you know that this is a poor case and a case that should never happen. 
because the Department of Justice wouldn't bring it, the Federal District of New York wouldn't bring it, yeah. Cy Vance, the former DA, wouldn't bring it, and even Alvin Bragg wouldn't bring it a year ago, and he didn't decide to bring it until President Trump announces he's running for president, and then, oh, now we're going to go after the leading guy, the guy who's win winning in the polls, leading in the polls, now we're going to go after him because the left says I should. That is selective prosecution, and the country understands that, and that is not how our system is supposed to work. Yeah, even the part of the country that doesn't support the former president, they understand that that doesn't look right, and that is something that yep. could help them. You know, people look at him and be like, man, you know, hey, at least he's fighting for us because the whole world seems to be fighting against him. Speaking of which, uh, we know that you have a storied wrestling past. Would you ever consider getting into professional wrestling when you leave office? No, no, I, I wouldn't. In, in fact, some people say we're in professional wrestling or in some kind of wrestling here in Congress every day. But no, um, I'm, I'm old. I'm not going to do any, any more of any kind of wrestling. Um, but uh, we are going to try to wrestle with these agencies that we think have been going after the American people. And the other thing that bugs me, uh, Kennedy, is think about when were any of these, these bureaucrats across these agencies, when was Nina Jankowitz, who was going to run the Disinformation Governance Board, mm -hmm. when did she ever put her name on a ballot, get elected to, yeah. to office and make, that's not the people, they're not the ones, when did Fauci ever put his name on a ballot? Or yet they've been running our lives for the last few years? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like the, these people, at least my had to get confirmed, but I don't think Jankowitz had to get confirmed to anything in front of the Senate. I don't think Fauci ever had to get confirmed yeah. uh, recently in front of the Senate, certainly. So that's a that's a that's a problem I see and why it's so important we do our work. Amen. And limit the size and scope of government. Congressman Jordan, thank you so much. Well said. That was Kennedy on Fox News with Jim Jordan. A lot of great things said there, by the way, that was a soundbite that happened late yesterday. She said in that that uh, the grand jury hearing was canceled. Well, that was yesterday. It's on for 12 noon today. And we're watching it. It may not happen. There's so many things out there that are happening that we don't know the details of. But they're still happening. So Manhattan District Attorney Bragg's reported case against Donald Trump may have been thrown off this week. How so? A lawyer in Trump's orbit testified, and he said retired Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz had some news. Dershowitz showed up in a Fox News interview yesterday, speculated that this attorney, Costell's testimony, may have significantly altered the trajectory of this entire case. Now, Dershowitz, you may know, is a former Harvard Law professor. He's kind of got a little knowledge about the law. He's represented a number of very controversial figures like O.J. Simpson. He's not involved in Trump's legal defense team, but he's frequently opined on the constitutionality of the DA's investigation. However... Costello's testimony, former lawyer for Cohen. It's hard to believe, but he, he, he is. Dershowitz claimed that Costello's testimony could have been a game changer for Donald Trump. The former president has made similar assertions on his Truth Social website, claimed yesterday that the DA's office is scrambling to find additional witnesses. In the case, I think that Bragg now only has two possible results from that. Number one, he can say, all right, 
I'm going to try to make the case without Michael Cohen. He cannot use Cohen as a witness anymore. This would be unethical because of the testimony that Costello gave. Or he could say, look, I have to drop the case. He may not be able to make it without Cohen. But if he can't make it without Cohen, he can't make it. Because no ethical prosecutor is allowed to put on as a witness somebody who has told the lies and has contradicted himself so much as Michael Cohen. Now, he was referring to testimony provided by Costello, who is a former prosecutor who has represented Rudy Giuliani to the grand jury in connection to that $130,000 payment to Stormy Daniels back in 2016. In a news conference, Costello said he attempted to damage Cohen's testimony and said he should not be considered a credible witness in the Trump case. This payment, this alleged payment to Daniels, was the whole process was put together by Michael Cohen, who served time, by the way, in federal prison for tax evasion and other charges to allegedly keep Daniels quiet about an alleged affair between her and Trump. <clears throat> but Trump has repeatedly denied that any affair occurred and said Cohen tried to extort him. So Costello, speaking to the New York Times Monday, he said that he told the grand jury that it was he, not Trump, who arranged the hush payments. And he also criticized Manhattan prosecutors for what he said were attempts at cherry-picking evidence to target the former president. They seemed clearly one-sided, not after the truth, Costello said. A lawyer for Michael Cohen declined to comment on that statement made by Costello this week. Yesterday, anonymously sourced reports indicated that Bragg and other prosecutors suspended a scheduled grand jury session yesterday and that the grand jurors were told to remain on standby for today. I think that it's a game changer, is what Dershowitz said. So what's that smoking gun, that letter from Michael Cohen? What's that all about? Let me see if I can scroll down here. I think I have. I do. I do. I have a copy of Cohen's letter. You're going to love this. It's dated February the 8th of 2018. It's addressed to the Federal Election Commission Office of Complaints Examination and Legal Administration. Sent to attention Crystal Dennis, paralegal, at 999 East Street, Northwest Washington, D.C., 20463, referencing MUR 7313. Dear Mr. Jordan, I am writing on behalf of my client, Michael D. Cohen, in response to your letter dated January 30th, 2018. Specifically, this letter responds to the complaint number MUR 7313, which was filed with the Federal Election Commission by Common Cause and Paul S. Ryan. Remind me, I need to comment on that Paul S. Ryan after we get through here. 
Letter continues, in a private transaction in 2016, before the U.S. presidential election, Mr. Cohen used his own personal funds to facilitate a payment of $130,000 to Ms. Stephanie Clifford. Now, Stephanie Clifford, you know who that is. That's the real name for Stormy Daniels, the stripper. Letter goes on. Neither the Trump organization nor the Trump campaign was a party to the transaction with Ms. Clifford and neither reimbursed Mr. Cohen for the payment directly or indirectly. Contrary to the allegations in the complaint, which are entirely speculative, neither Mr. Cohen nor Essential Consultants LLC made any in-kind contributions to Donald J. Trump for president or any other presidential campaign committee. Mr. Cohen has not been a government employee during any of the relevant time period. The payment in question does not constitute a campaign contribution or an expenditure, and therefore, the FEC lacks jurisdiction over this matter. The complainants have not and cannot present any evidence to the contrary. Accordingly, the complaint should be dismissed. Please contact me at your earliest convenience if you have any questions regarding this letter. That was sent by Stephen M. Ryan. Now, who would Stephen Ryan be? Michael Cohen's attorney. In other words, Michael Cohen lied under oath to the grand jury. He lied. Now, remember this. He went to jail in part for committing perjury. So you have a convicted perjurer who lied about to the grand jury making the claim that Donald Trump's money paid Stormy Daniels when he, back in 2018, on February 8th, he and his lawyer sent a letter to the Federal Election Commission and said very plainly he was the one that made the payment and that the Trumps weren't involved in any way, nor were they ever repaid, being him, was never repaid. Nobody did anything regarding Stormy Daniel and money except Michael Cohen. Now, do you think that letter that I just read you may have a little bit to do with the yesterday cancellation of that grand jury hearing? And let me ask you this. How can they even go forward? How can this prosecutor even go forward knowing that his star witness is a liar and lied about this very thing and then lied about lying about it? (laughs) Will it go around in circles? That's Michael Cohen. He's got to be one of the sleaziest human beings I've ever, ever seen or listened to. I mean, he just looks like he he slides across the ground, you know, like a snake. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So what about Alvin Bragg? Alvin Bragg, prosecutor. You've heard all the stuff about him. Well, maybe not all the stuff. 
But almost every time now when Alvin Bragg's name comes up, there's another name that comes up. And who might that be? George Soros. You know anything about George Soros? We hear about him all the time. But most of us don't know anything about it. Let me t- I just had this thought. We're going to do this live right now. We're going to go to Wikipedia. Of course, that's a bastion of uh, truth, isn't it? <laughs> Anybody can pretty much go in and edit anything that's on any page in Wikipedia. But that's become pretty much the go-to source for anything about anybody. If you want to know about George Soros, just go to Wikipedia. And of course, Wikipedia is not coming up. Let me see. Here we go. It's coming up now. All right. Let's search for George Soros. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to read to you who he is. George Soros, a.k.a. Georgi Schwartz, was born August 12, 1930. That means he's, he's 92 years old. He's a Hungarian-American businessman and philanthropist. As of March 2021, he had a net worth of $8.6 billion, having donated more than $32 billion to the Open Society Foundations, of which $15 billion has already been distributed, representing 64% of his original fortune. Forbes called him the most generous giver in terms of percentage of net worth. He was born in Budapest to a non-observant Jewish family. He survived the Nazi occupation of Hungary, moved to the United Kingdom in 1947, studied at the London School of Economics and was awarded a BSc in philosophy in 1951, and then a Master of Science degree also in philosophy in 1954. Let's move on down to his adult life. He made his big money. He's known as the man who broke the Bank of England because of his short sale of 10 billion worth of pounds sterling. Now, what's a short sale? In the stock market, when you sell something short, that means it's something that you don't own, but you go to somebody who owns it and you bet that the value of that asset that these other people own, that you're basically paying them a premium to borrow it for a little while, the value of it's going to go way down. And then the promise when you pay them this money is that when it goes way, way down, you'll be able to buy it for that way, way, way down price and then turn around and sell it for the then value. What you're doing basically is rolling the dice. You're betting on the fact that the value of that asset goes way, 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 way down. Now, how did Soros get the title as the man who broke the Bank of England? Well, he made $1 billion during the 1992 Black Wednesday UK currency crisis. How did he do that? He bet so much money that the British pound would go down When he sold it short, he almost destroyed the Bank of England over it. That's where he made his first big money. Today, he's a supporter of progressive and liberal political causes, 
to which he dispenses donations through his foundation, the Open Society Foundations. And let me just say this, by the way. His doing that is against the law. Nobody can give, can donate money to a campaign from a 501c3 or charitable organization. Open Society Foundations is just that, a 501c3. And he donates billions of dollars he's never been held accountable for. He influenced the fall of communism in Eastern Europe in the late 80s and early 90s with money, provided one of Europe's largest higher education endowments to the Central European University in his Hungarian hometown. His extensive funding of political causes has made him a boogaboo of European nationalists. I love that word, boogaboo. The New York Times reported that conspiracy theories about him have gone mainstream to nearly every corner of the Republican Party. Numerous American conservatives have promoted false claims that characterize Soros as a singularly dangerous puppet master behind many alleged global plots. Conspiracy theories targeting Soros, who is of Jewish descent, have often been described as anti-Semitic. He was born in Budapest. I just got a note from Peter Lloyd out west. Let me tell you what Peter said. It's a reference sending sending the reader to a website. George Soros admits collaboration with Nazis, and he has no regret. So this is the guy. It's not just Alvin Braggs, this prosecutor in Manhattan. That's not the only far-left politician, district attorney around the nation that he's gotten behind. We don't even know exactly how much money he gave to Alvin Braggs, but experts say it's over $2 million, which again is illegal for a not-for-profit to make a political donation to any campaign. All that being said, he did it, and he does it. He did it to the DA in Los Angeles, the one in San Francisco, one in Baltimore, one in Tampa, one in Atlanta, one right here in Shreveport, Louisiana, and he's supporting with his money those prosecutors who are anti-law enforcement, trying to destroy the rule of law in the United States. Now, why would anybody want to do that? Remember this, Soros despises capitalism although that's where he made all of his billions of dollars, but he wants nobody else to be able to do what he did. He wants to be the king, and he wants everybody else to bow to him and his wishes. I am not joking. Has he ever said that? Not to me, to my knowledge, not publicly, but why else would a man do what he's doing? He wants to be the last man standing. He wants capitalism to be gone and there be a small group of people that control everything and everybody. That's who George Soros is. Now you got a lesson. And you got it from whoever, um, <laughs> whoever wrote that Wikipedia story about him. And typically when that happens, oh, you can book this. If, if the Wikipedia story had been too nasty about George Soros, 
it would not be still nasty. Soros would see to it that he was painted as somebody who loves the world and all who live in it and despises anybody that would take advantage of anybody else, which is exactly what he did. He almost destroyed the United Kingdom with his play on the British pound, selling it short. That's so much power he has with his money. So yesterday, Dave Rubin, one of the guys that I like a lot, he's a podcaster, he weighed in about what he had seen Joy Reid and others do on her show, MSNBC, Joyce Reed, Joy Reid, who she is a scholar. I think she's a, an attorney. She knows a lot about the law, but she is a lefty all the way. And she and Guest weighed in on all those sycophant Republicans that have only bad things to say about George Soros. We're about to show you a clip from the televised mental institution, MSNBC. Here is noted racist Joy Reid. And she's upset that people keep bringing up that George Soros funded this DA. Now, before we show you the clip, I just want to be clear. George Soros did fund this DA. He has also funded DAs in San Francisco. Chesa Bodine, who destroyed San Francisco, then got recalled. He also funded George Gascon, formerly of San Francisco, destroyed that place, now destroying Los Angeles. He has also funded DAs in Philadelphia and in Chicago and in Tampa. And by the way, that guy, Ron DeSantis, removed him. But somehow, if you mention that George Soros puts tons of money to get DAs into these cities to then roll back laws and then allow criminals out on the streets. And then we know what happened in all these blue cities. Uh, somehow you're being racist. Yeah. Tracy Wallander, last word to you then on this. The fact that they keep throwing George Soros's name, we've talked about a lot on the, on the in, in our show meetings, is it definitely feels like a dog whistle that is dangerous. It absolutely feels like a dog whistle that's dangerous. Look, most of these groups, the Oath Keepers, Boogaloo Boys, Proud Boys, they all subscribe to what you you are all referring to as the Great Replacement Theory, which is that idea that the majority of the white population is, is, is being replaced. And this is why we see these spikes in in racism, these spikes in anti-Semitism is because they are ascribing to this belief and it's stoking this, this division. I mean, Trump has for multiple years actually now has called for a civil war. And I think that's really what he's inferring when he does that. And that's why we're playing whack-a-mole essentially yeah. with a lot of these online threats. And, and Republicans are letting him do it. And the Republican yes, Party is letting him do it. They stand by and, and as if that's okay. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're embarrassing, lady, whoever you are. These people are so embarrassing. The spikes in racism and the spikes in attacks on, say, Jews and Asians in New York. It's funny. Are they white supremacists doing these things? No, it's virtually all black people. That's just a fact. That's not me being racist. That's just telling you what's happening. Watch any time an Asian woman is just mauled on the street in Chinatown in New York City or when they go into Brooklyn and just attack a bunch of Orthodox Jews. It's not a bunch of white supremacists with MAGA nooses and flags like Jesse Smollett would have you believe and the media would love. And guess what? If that was happening, you would know about it because the media would be going all in on it, right? It would be a freaking uh, bukkake of uh, information. The point is that Alvin Braggs, these DAs, they incentivize all of these racist attacks because they are soft on crime. 
right? Once you say to people, ah, you know, occasionally you're allowed to just, you know, I don't know, rape someone in a vestibule as they're trying to go into their apartment or just punch a random person or push them into a subway, et cetera, et cetera. And instead of making that a felony, we'll actually downgrade that to a misdemeanor, which this guy has done on a crazy amount of cases. Well, then bad guys start doing more bad things. Bad guy's gonna do what bad guy's gonna do every time. And guess what just came out of Manhattan? The grand jury will not be meeting today to consider indicting former President Donald Trump. In fact, they won't be meeting tomorrow. And the earliest the grand jury's gonna meet is on Monday. So I wonder, I just wonder... What the heck is going on? I'm going to tell you what it is. It was a fishing expedition. Alvin Bragg got the word. Probably got it from out on Long Island where George Soros lives when he's in the U.S. You got to get this Trump thing going. I gave you all this money when you campaigned for prosecutor and I want Donald Trump gone. He cannot even run again for president. Bragg, you better get it done. And Bragg can't get it done. Just because you think something's right doesn't mean it's right. Just because you think something's wrong doesn't mean it's wrong. But always get the truth about right and wrong here at TNN, the Truth News Network. Does it matter to you that all our chefs are well-trained? Or that our kitchens are both SLSI and GMP certified? that we freshly bake goodies throughout the day. Well, it matters to us to know that your family will enjoy every bite. At Kiehl's, we're fresh because of what we do. But more than that, we're fresh because of you. It's Super Salmon Days down at Fish Brothers. For a limited time, bring in any fish and get a child salmon entree free. You heard right. Bring in any fish and get a free child salmon entree. And I mean any fish. Got a swordfish lying around? Bring it in. Got a goldfish you're sick of feeding? Bring it in. Got a fish that's been sitting in the sun for a few days? Bring it in. We'll throw it in with the rest of them. What we do with the fish is nobody's business but ours. Just enjoy your salmon $8.99 with our famous stew. So, welcome on into Fish Brothers Seafood Themed Restaurant, where everything's a great catch. Except the shrimp. That's a little different. That's a little different for TNN Live, a bump going back in. Anyway, before we move on, just another little tidbit of information. Alvin Bragg got caught. He got caught hiding nearly 600 pages of exculpatory evidence from the New York grand jury in this Trump case. How do we know this? That attorney that was quoted actually was on Tucker Carlson a couple of nights ago, Robert Costello. On Monday night, he, right after he testified to the grand jury himself, he said that he testified for two hours in front of Alvin Bragg's Manhattan grand jury. Costello said to Tucker, I spoke to the jury for two hours. It was clear to me the Manhattan grand jury 
did not want to get the truth. And now it's being reported that Bragg was hiding exculpatory evidence from the grand jury. According to Fox News legal mind Greg Jarrett, Soros-funded DA Alvin Bragg hid nearly 600 pages of evidence to the New York grand jury investigating Trump. Jarrett said, I mentioned it yesterday, I think, when Bob Costello got into that grand jury room and told them, wait a minute, you didn't have the hundreds of pages that I handed over to Alvin Bragg over here? You only have six cherry-picked documents? Jarrett said, commenting about that, you know, hiding from grand jury's exculpatory information is reprehensible and unconscionable. And the conduct of Alvin Bragg and his henchman, Mark Pomeranz, who specifically says in his book, quote, we're targeting zombies because we don't like his beliefs. Those guys should face disbarment proceedings. Once again, the real crooks are revealing themselves in all of this. Be sure your sins will find you out. We're going to move on. My gosh, we're over an hour into today's show. News coming out about some other things, and we're going back into the COVID-19 world. A federal committee that advises the U.S. government on biological research that has the potential for misuse, that committee's supposed to stop those things like gain-of-function research. Well, guess what? That committee has met only one time between 2017 when a three-year moratorium on federal funding of -of gain-of-function research was lifted, one time between then, 2017, and 2022. That's according to its meeting schedule. That leaves the panel dormant through the worst of the COVID-19 pandemic widely believed to have been caused by a virus leak from that Chinese lab when it was conducting U.S.-funded gain-of-function research. Now, gain-of-function research, if you have not yet figured out what it is, it improves the ability of a pathogen, a virus, to cause disease, get stronger and stronger in doing that. It wasn't just the National Science Advisory Board for Biosecurity that appeared to relax its vigilance against gain-of-function risk as gain-of-function research funding resumed. It resumed under the Department of Health and Human Services so-called P3CO framework for, quote, enhanced potential pandemic pathogens. The department claimed at the time its framework considers biosafety and biosecurity risks and appropriate risk mitigation strategies. NIAID, that's Fauci's operation. NIAID twice flagged Wuhan Institute of Virology research funded by grant recipient EcoHealth Alliance, and they flagged EcoHealth for potential gain-of-function elements before and after the gain-of-function funding resumption and twice reverse course 
That's according to an HHS Inspector General report. Investigative watchdog group, Empower Oversight Filed Freedom of Information Act request. All of these government entities, they have these mile-long names. Why don't they just abbreviate everything? Seriously, the name, Empower Oversight File Freedom of Information Act request. And they filed it with the National Institutes of Health. The open records request seeks comprehensive communications regarding this EcoHealth grant. And then NIA Director Anthony Fauci's discussion with EcoHealth President Peter Daszak back in the middle of 2019, when, under the terms of the grant, the not-profit should have reported an enhanced growth in a WIV-studied coronavirus. National Institutes of Health didn't request that undelivered 2019 progress report until about two years later. This is from the Inspector General. This oversight failure is particularly concerning because NIH had previously raised concerns with EcoHealth about the nature of the gain-of-function research being performed. Let me just say this. It boils down to one thing and one thing only. The love. Not money is the root of all evil, but the love of money is the root of all evil. On Fauci's watch... Hundreds of millions of dollars through the years has been granted to Peter Daszak and EcoHealth. All of this on Anthony Fauci's watch. It is factual, and gain of function research is to empower vaccines, excuse me, not vaccines, but viruses to get stronger, to become more deadly. And they say they're doing it so, well, these things will come out in nature. These pathogens will get much stronger, so we've got to be ready when they do. So gain of function gives them that power. We do it all in the lab, and we create the antiviral vaccine or whatever it's going to be to make sure when it gets stronger, we're ready for it. Have you ever heard of that happening in nature? No. No, not at all. So why are they doing this? You figure it out. The love of money is the root of all evil. This whole process creates a circle, a gensaki, a circle back, that means Somebody has an opportunity that they've created using taxpayer money so that down the road, whatever they created with taxpayer money, when it comes out into the public sector, they can get more money by coming up with a vaccine and continue gain-of-function research so that the next time it happens, they can do the same thing again and again and again. Whatever you believe, even if you don't want to believe what I'm about to tell you, it's a fact. Anthony Fauci is at the root of this entire thing. Dr. Judy Mikovits on this show in June of 2020, she 
predicted in detail everything that Fauci was going to tell the American people, our government top-down, this is what you've got to do to beat this virus. You've got to mask up. Oh, and not just one mask, but two or three. She predicted Fauci would do that way before he did. You've got to socially distance. You've got to shut down. You've got to rush these vaccines. Get them into the arms of every American or every American's going to die. She told us he would do those things, and he did. That proves it was planned. Do you think those that did the planning will ever be held accountable? Got to remember, nobody out there is admitting yet that it was planned. Do you think they'll ever admit it? And even if they admit it, do you think anybody will ever be held accountable? Our government holds people accountable only when they are of the conservative ilk. The rest of the people, they get a pass every time. Now that we're talking about vaccines, somebody who's kind of flown below the radar screen in all of our conversations about vaccines are the people from Moderna. Now we hear all the time about Pfizer, 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 Pfizer. They did this. They got paid this. What about Moderna? Finally, it looks like somebody from Moderna is having to come forward and talk. And it would be the CEO of Moderna. Senator Rand Paul, two days ago, he got this CEO in a committee hearing. Now, this guy is foreign. He has a very, very skewed uh, language. It's hard to listen to and make what he says, uh, understandable. But it's important for you to hear it. So turn your volume up. Here's Rand Paul and the CEO of Moderna. Renzel, uh, Moderna recently paid NIH $400 million. Do you believe it creates a conflict of interest for the government employees who are making money now off of the vaccine to also be dictating the policy about how many times we have to take the vaccine? Good morning, Senator. Uh, indeed, we recently made, a, before Christmas last year, a $400 million payment to the NIH for uh, an old patent that they had developed, not related to COVID, but useful in the development of a COVID vaccine uh, to, to prevent for their work. Uh, it's for the U.S. government to assess how that money should be Do you think it creates a conflict of interest for the same people deciding the policy of how often we have to take the vaccine to also be making money the more times we take the vaccine? Yes or no? This is for the government to decide. Senator. You have no opinion on whether or not it creates a conflict of interest. Is there a higher interest or a higher incidence of myocarditis among adolescent males 16 to 24 after taking your vaccine? So thank you for the question, Senator. First, let me say we care deeply about safety and we're working closely to, with the CDC and the FDA to Pretty get... much a yes or no. Is there a higher incidence of myocarditis among boys 16 to 24 after they take your vaccine? The data I've shown actually, I've seen, sorry, from the CDC actually shown that there's less uh, myocarditis for people who get 
the vaccine versus who gets COVID infection. You're, you're saying that for ages 16 to 24 among males who take the COVID vaccine, their risk of myocarditis is less than people who get the disease. That is my understanding. That is not true. And I'd like to enter into the record six peer-reviewed papers from the Journal of Vaccine, the Annals of Medicine that say the complete opposite of what you say. I also spoke with your president just last week, and he readily acknowledged in private that, yes, there is an increased risk of myocarditis. The fact that you can't say it in public is quite disturbing. Do you think it's scientifically sound to mandate three vaccines for adolescent boys? This is for the public health leaders to decide, Senator. You've been advocating for it. You've been interviewed, and you've been advocating for boosters. Do you know when the myocarditis is most common among these adolescent boys after the second dose? When I spoke with your president, he readily acknowledged in private, yeah, that maybe there ought to be a discussion whether we ought to have one vaccine versus two versus three. If 90% of the myocarditis comes after the second dose, why don't we have a rational discussion about one? Marty McCary, a physician from Johns Hopkins, has said exactly the same thing. It's been discussed, and yet we have this ridiculous notion from the CDC. So the CDC says, and I'll ask you this question. Let's start it as a question. Your 16-year-old's had COVID. Your 16-year-old gets better and now has recovered from COVID. You vaccinate them, and they get myocarditis. Are you going to give them two more vaccines? Your child, give them two more vaccines? I'm not a clinician. I would have to discuss. You have children. I do. Have you vaccinated your children? I have. How many times? Three or four times. Three or four times. So the CDC recommends this, and, you know, you're obviously someone who's self-interested in the outcome here. But the CDC says that if your 15-, 16-year-old gets COVID, recovers, takes a vaccine, and gets myocarditis, is hospitalized with elevated heart enzymes, and is very sick, the CDC says as soon as he gets better, vaccinate him again. You know how many American parents think that that's a rational, reasonable thing to do? Do you know how many countries don't do this for children? Uh, Sweden doesn't offer the vaccine for kids under 12 unless they're at risk for severe disease. And I agree with that. I'm not saying never on any of this. I think it's a very reasonable position to say kids at risk or have some diseases that there may be a reason for vaccinating some children. Finland doesn't recommend it for under 12 months. Norway also. England as well. France, Poland, Germany, Switzerland, and all vaccinate 12 and up. So we got half the world who have looked at these studies. There's a study in Israel of thousands of patients, and yet you sit here and act as if you've never heard of myocarditis, and you don't think it's an increased risk for young adolescent males when all of the studies who isolate out people by age have found that, yes, there's an increased risk after taking your vaccine. Pfizer, too, but worse with Moderna. There's an increased risk, Senator. I was comparing it to somebody who gets COVID. Well, that's also not true either. But there's an increased risk of getting it. But even when they compare it to the disease, there are many papers out there who do, that do show that there's more of a risk of myocarditis after vaccination. So you have to weigh the risk and balances. And you are right. You're going to make less money because you're going to try. And they're already trying. The CDC's got it on their schedule. They're going to try to force all the kids in America to do this through school. But guess what? Parents aren't going to do it. They've seen that COVID is not deadly in children and you're right. It's become less deadly over time. Your market's going down. So you aren't going to make as much money. I'm all for you making money in an honest way, but I don't like the idea that the people making the decisions in government are also receiving money and are now conflicted in their interest. This is a committee hearing in Congress that the CEO 
of Moderna was speaking at. You just heard Rand Paul dig him, getting or looking for more information. Now, the stated purpose for this get-together was not about the funding by Moderna of research or any of that kind of thing. It was about needing to see the cost of prescription medicine go down for every American. Bernie Sanders is part of this committee, and he got in the face of this Moderna CEO in discussions about that very thing. As a matter of public record, U.S. taxpayers spent $12 billion on the research, development, and procurement of the NIH Moderna COVID vaccine. The people in our country pay the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs in general, something this committee will work on. Will you at least tell us today that the price you are charging for the vaccine will be lower than what other countries around the world are paying? Or are, once again, we're going to pay the highest prices? So, Mr. Chairman, the price will depend on the value in each country. The cost of healthcare is different in each now, country. That's not the answer. That's a whole, all right. I'm asking you a simple question. Your vaccine was developed with the help of the United States government. I am asking you whether or not we are going to continue to pay the highest prices in the world for that vaccine. I understand everything is complex, but I also understand you have money for stock buybacks and exorbitant compensation packages for yourself. Will you at least tell the taxpayers of this country that the price we pay for the vaccine will be less than other countries? I cannot, I cannot say that the price will be lower than other countries. Did you get that? We spend all the money for research and development. We fund all of this research. We the people. It's not our government paying the price. It's us. And you just heard the CEO of Moderna say, even though we're the ones that spend all the money up front, he cannot say that the vaccines produced by Moderna going forward, that they will cost the American people less than in other countries. Does this blow your mind? But they weren't through. You cannot, as well as the rest of the industry, including hospitals, have the best of both worlds, where you want government to be in there helping you when it's tough, and where, for the private side, most of us are not happy with the fact that we're lucky if you're uh, health insurance plan only goes up 5 to 10%, which incorporates hospitals, pharma, and maybe the Darth Vader of it all, the insurance business. Something's got to give or you're going to get more government involved in health care. Thank you. And those people don't give a rip about that. Now, let me give this to you in summary format. I'm from health care at the top levels of health care for 32 years in my company, every day, we deal with the cost of everything. What our company does is it manages the accounts receivable of medical entities of all kinds, from a huge hospital down to a mom-and-pop ambulance transportation company. We fight the wars with the insurance companies for the healthcare providers, and we've done it for 32 years. So we have some inside knowledge about this. Let me say this. It is so obvious now, all across the nation, 
that everybody that's on the production side of our healthcare, and who might that be? Well, you just heard one of them, the CEO of Moderna. We've heard from Pfizer here on this show before and other healthcare providers. But listen, Big Pharma aren't the only ones that have their hands in the pockets of Americans. Let me tell you what happened with hospitals. This has been leaking out now for the last six months, but more and more is going to come out. Let me just say this. Principally big hospital chains around the nation during COVID, they put out priorities for especially their emergency room departments. And they got paid, these hospitals, these institutions, they got paid hundreds of millions of dollars on top of the normal treatment of many patients that came to their ER. Hundreds of millions of dollars more. Now, why is that? What did they do? Did they do more work? No. All they had to do was write on that patient's medical records the cause of coming to the ER was COVID-19 infection. And if the official cause of treatment was COVID-19, for every normal treatment they gave any of those patients, the hospital got as much as 50% more from Medicare. That's not a guess, folks. That's a fact. Now, what does that mean? Let me just break it down even further. We told you two years ago, we did a story coming out of one of the big hospitals in Manhattan, a doctor, a physician, an emergency room physician. He couldn't stand it any longer. He quit. And he went public with this one fact. People were coming into the ER. He had one, an elderly man, came in the ER with a broken leg. They treated him in the emergency room for a broken leg. And that meant fixing the leg, casting it, getting him ready to go. But the hospital kept him. They admitted him. And the man died in the hospital. The official cause of death was written to be COVID-19. And the doctor said it wasn't. An embolism from the broken leg, after he laid on his back for days in the hospital, went to his heart and killed him. He didn't have COVID-19 when he went to the emergency room. He was tested there. The hospital left that test out of the medical records, and they got a small fortune for admitting him because he was really ill with COVID-19, and he died from that. There's proof out there left and right, hospitals around the nation, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter what state it was. There are hospitals that were billing massive amounts higher, and the one that was the worst, you're not going to believe this, the state that was the worst was Wyoming. These are all facts, folks. It's no longer speculation. So just for a moment, we're going to take a break. During the break, I want you to think about 
Think about the millions of people during the two and a half, three years of our COVID-19 pandemic that got really sick. Many of them died. And just realize this, a lot of those people that were diagnosed in the hospital when they got there with COVID-19 didn't have COVID-19. Their official treatment that was turned into Medicare and Medicaid, those government-run entities now, they were coded with ICD-9 and ICD-10 codes as COVID-19 positive, and when they died, if they died, they died because of COVID-19. Lowe's knows you're a craftsman guy. You have a lot of tools. Tools for everything you've done around the house. But there's the moment you realize your new project means new tools. When tool guys need new tools, they start with Lowe's. The new home of Craftsman. I'm a Verizon engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in New York City. With the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for, only from Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800-plus cities. Welcome back to the King Value Radio Network. I'm your host, Sandy. And I'm your other host, Carl. Sandy, we are getting loads of calls today about the fresh new $1 double crispy cheesy burger. Well, hello. With two flame-broiled patties, crispy onions, and cheesy sauce for only a buck, that's no surprise. Jim from Tucson, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, guys. I just want to say I took your advice, went to Burger King, I got a new double crispy cheesy burger for a buck. I couldn't be happier. Oh, congratulations. Say, Jim, what was your favorite part of the delicious new double crispy cheesy burger? The flame fresh taste. Well, I'll tell you, it had two big flame broiled patties, plus it had crispy onions and cheesy sauce, too. It was really delicious. Oh, don't forget the price, Jim. Oh, yeah, and it only costs a dollar. It's probably the best purchase I ever made. Probably, Jim. Okay, definitely. Yeah, yeah there it is. Yeah, there it is. Get the new double crispy cheesy burger with double the flame fresh taste. In a world of weapons-grade stupidity, your defense is the truth. TNN, the Truth News Network. By the way, what is weapons-grade stupidity? I got to be honest with you. I am beginning to think that that applies to those of us who are unwilling to accept the facts of government abuse and government waste of taxpayer monies. And by the way, through all kinds of channels, the theft of money, taxpayer money, with our government knowing that it's happening all along. And every day, new cases of that are confirmed to be fact. How many people are being held accountable? I mean, I got to be honest with you. I would guess that during our COVID pandemic, there was somewhere between $500 billion and a trillion dollars of wasted taxpayer money. 
Our government didn't have it. They couldn't write a check for any of it. They borrowed it. They borrowed it. And all that Joe Biden legislation, the $1.3 trillion, this one, that one, whatever they tagged the names on for, they were just giving out money left and right. Do you think that money, some of that money, never got back into the pockets of the bureaucrats and the members of Congress that went along to get those bills passed and that money in the hands, much of it in the hands of people like George Soros and others, and everything is quid pro quo. If I do something for you, you've got to do something for me. And in Washington, two things are universal. A lust for power, and once you get the power, a lust for the money, that power gets you and gives you universal authority over. Once you got power, folks, nobody can get in your way. This is a truth-seeking day at Truth News Network, unlike most of our days. We're not done yet. In fact, we're not done with Senator Rand Paul. This same committee was meeting with other people, and it, too, was regarding dollars and cents. Now, do you know who Antony Blinken is? I'm sure you do. Antony Blinken is our Secretary of State. Now, why would he be in front of this committee? Because it it's about, the committee's about COVID-19 research and stuff like that. What does that have to do with the Department of State? Rand Paul weighed into Antony Blinken, and you'll get the answer to that question. What does Antony Blinken and the State Department have to do with COVID-19 in the U.S. government? On September 12th and November 7th of last year, I sent letters to the State Department asking for records about coronavirus research that had been funded by the State Department. The State Department refused to comply. When Assistant Secretary Sherman came, I asked her the same question. She didn't seem to be aware that you had been funding coronavirus research, but you are. And I got the I'll get back to you line. A couple weeks later, I met personally with you at the State Department and asked you the same question. Will you not divulge to us the records of the State Department's support for coronavirus research, particularly in China? You assured me you would help. We communicated several times over the phone with another assistant secretary of state uh, who finally sent us a letter and said, no, we're not going to give you anything. So that's where we stand. And it's uh, my question is, what's the State Department hiding? Why won't you give these records to the American people? Uh, Senator, thank you. And uh, yes, I appreciated uh, uh, you raising this when we saw each other uh, a month or so ago. Uh, And my understanding is that our teams have been working to find an accommodation. Uh, there's long-standing. We got a refusal, blanket refusal. No, they are not going to give us the records. Um, we cannot directly provide uh, the sure you can. Unredact- unredacted cables. We have a long-standing practice with this committee uh, about how we do. You're things. refusing. But, you're refusing to release them. No, but it's not I think, that you can't. There's a difference between can and may. You uh, won't do it, but you can do it. My hope is that we can find a, a way forward that answers your concerns, so that you get the information that you're looking for. My understanding is that. Our team's been working on that, and I uh, commit to continue to do that so we can get you the... the uh, We're talking about unclassified material. Most of this is unclassified. And so we just had a unanimous vote in the Senate and in the House, 
And President Biden just signed a, a, a bill saying he's going to declassify stuff. But if you declassify it and you still hide it from the American people, that's a problem. I mean, we spend all of this time lambasting authoritarians and for lack of transparency. We have these silly networks on TV that are aligned with the Democrat Party saying democracy is under attack. Well, do you think transparency has something to do with democracy? You're refusing to give records on research, money that went for research. We want to read the research grant proposals. We want to read what the people in Wuhan sent back to the State Department saying they did. Which viruses did they create? Because the thing is, is it sounds all great. We're going to identify all the viruses of the world. But part of what they do is they take a virus they found 200 feet down in a cave and they mix it with another virus to create a virus that doesn't exist in nature because they say that's how we're going to further identify it. There's a big debate that should be had whether that's safe to take a virus from 100 feet down a bat cave 12 hours south of Wuhan and take it to a city of 10 million. And yet you won't help us investigate this. You refuse and it makes it is reminiscent of the countries we criticize for lack of transparency, and yet you sit there and say you're still going to continue to refuse. Um, Senator, I think there are very important uh, debates that certainly go beyond my knowledge and expertise, for example, on gain of function, um, that uh, I know there's a, a vigorous debate about whether the risk um, outweighs the reward. I don't have the expertise uh, but, you know that, uh, but how do we have oversight or investigate so, it if you won't give us a so record? We, so the uh, program that, uh, in this instance, USAID was involved in was not engaged in gain-of-function uh, work or gain-of-function. That's of a debate. But, and, and that's your opinion. We'd like to see the records. So, Fauci says there was no gain-of-function in Wuhan, and nobody believes him anymore. You know, again, there's, a, there's a, I think, an important debate about this. Um, as I recall, during the uh, Obama administration, there's actually a moratorium put on. I know, but it isn't the debate. I don't want to have that debate with yeah. you. I only want to have again. The I believe that we can find a way to get you the information that you're looking All for. All right, but, but the last the last response we have from you is no. So the American public needs to know. I've asked many, many times. I've asked you in person. This is a second time in person. I've talked to two assistant secretaries of state, and the writing we get back from you is no. Not maybe. Not we'll work with you. It's no. So, so that's Senator, where we are now. No, uh, and it's not, it's not no, just to be clear. We did reach back out to your team just as recently as this week to offer to provide all of that information in briefing form, which is to say... Uh, which means you get to read it and interpret it and spin it, and we get to hear your spin. We don't want to hear no, your spin. We want to look at the dog. We're talking we're about grant. In, we're not. In, we're not. We're in talking the about grant proposals. You ask as you act as if we're talking about the secrets of the Manhattan Project. We're talking about grant proposals, and we're talking about grant updates where someone has to write in and say, "Oh, we did this experiment, and this experiment, and we got this result." That's what we're talking about. Same thing from NIH. Same thing from HHS. Everybody's hiding it. And it's not even really something to protect the Biden administration. Most of this stuff happened in the previous administration. But I, I don't get it. Why circle the wagons? Maybe there's nothing to see here. But then it makes the whole world think you're hiding something if you won't give it to us. Yeah, so goes. just give it to us. It's a bunch of bureaucratic paper that we're looking to sift through to see if there are any clues. Because one of the biggest clues we have that they did this is they asked DARPA, and we only know this through a whistleblower, they asked DARPA for money to take a coronavirus and put a furin cleavage site in it to make it more infectious. 
And lo and behold, that's what COVID-19 is. It looks just like what they said they wanted to create with our money. And we turned them down. That doesn't mean they didn't do the research. We're looking for research like that, that they were performing. We're looking for something that may be in their notes that hasn't been public, that hasn't been sifted through. But what we feel is that people at State Department and at NIH and HHS are conflicted. Why? Because if you funded research that somehow is linked to the pandemic or a leakage of that, that doesn't look so good for the people who London it. So we see this as a circling of the wagons and a conflict of interest that maybe there are people within the State Department who funded research who are worried that it might be linked to the pandemic. But we can't just accept your spin on it because people there may be self-interested, the people who funded the program. We're just asking to look at the data, but so far you're, you're, it has been no. We've had a few phone calls, but we don't want your spin on it. We want to look at the documents uh, we, ourselves. Uh, we're, we're not providing spin, as I said. I believe we can provide the information you're looking for. We have long-standing practices and procedures in terms of actually providing documents and cables with this committee uh, that uh, we're not prepared to change. But in terms of getting you the information you're right. looking for. And um, the only cables we have that are of value, we got leaked to us, or actually they were declassified by the Trump administration. Those cables said, and these were from some State Department yeah. folks, and it was amazing. And I don't actually fault anybody for missing it. I'm sure there are thousands of cables. But in, 19, uh, in 2018 or 17, they were sending cables back saying, Holy you-know-what, they're over here working without gloves in unsafe conditions in a BSL-2 that should be a BSL-4, not a very safe condition, and that's why some of our intelligence people have, have leaned towards this coming from a lab. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you want to help us? Why wouldn't everybody well, want to help us? I, I, I've seen those cables. You're right, they've, uh, they've come out, and I think what they said, at least as I read them, was that there were concerns based on uh, State Department Right, but we, but we only lab, know those because someone had the gumption to declassify them. And I'll end with this because I know my time's up. Mr. Chairman, it takes one signature. He'll give all this stuff to me tomorrow if you'll sign a document because he says he won't sign it unless the chairman of a committee does it. And he's hiding behind some ruse. There is no law saying this. He could do it if he wants, but he's hiding behind some opinion that his own administration makes the rules to say they won't give it to Congress. But if you'll help me, we can get the information tomorrow. Everything he's saying won't give me, he will give me tomorrow if you'll sign a letter. I, uh, I appreciate the senator's time has expired, but I appreciate uh, your uh, concern. I understand that my committee counsel has spoke to your counsel this past Monday, um, and uh, your counsel followed up with us today, and we are uh, in pursuit of trying to see how uh, you can be accommodated, and I Thank look you. forward to making that happen. So Did you get that last thing? That was the Democrat chairman of that CINE committee, and Senator Rand Paul, who was very confrontational, with the Secretary of State, as he should be. I didn't know the State Department ever funded any kind of medical research, but obviously they did. And literally, this is a doctor, Dr. Dr. Rand Paul. He knows what he's talking about. There are other physicians in the U.S. Senate and the House of Representatives, and they just want the ability to look at the facts, to look at the documents, and Antony Blinken, the Secretary of State, what they have been doing all along as well, we'll meet together and read you in, which is basically saying, we'll sit down with you and we'll tell you what's going on, rather than let the doctors, and Antony Blinken is not a doctor, 
rather than let those people tell the doctors, here is what's in all of the medical records. Just give them the records. Can you believe those last comments by the chairman of that committee? I'm going back. I want you to hear just this last paragraph or two from Rand Paul and the chairman of the committee. I understand that my committee counsel has spoke to your counsel this past Monday, um, and uh, your counsel followed up with us today, and we are uh, in pursuit of trying to see how uh, you can be accommodated, and I Thank look you. forward to making that happen. That- okay. Your counsel spoke with our counsel, and we're looking for ways that we can accommodate your request. Why is that necessary? Just tell Blinken, give them the frickin' documents. Quit trying to hide what wrongdoing may or may not have happened. Let the truth, let the people of America know what the H-E-double-L, their government is doing regarding this stinking pandemic, this virus that somehow got loose. Do I sound a little bit animated? (laughs) You know why? It's because I'm sick and tired of this mess. Those people, those people in Washington, D.C., whether they want to agree or not, they work for us. You stop telling us what is going to happen. And when we ask questions, listen and ask. Answer, give us the H-E-L-L-I-S-H facts, good or bad. When playing football, you run up to 120 pitches. You work out 650 muscles. You withstand three times your body weight. You treble your adrenaline production. You raise your heartbeat to 180 times per minute. And in the end, you lose up to three liters of sweat for one goal. This game is not a game. Gatorade works with no artificial colors or sweeteners. Starbucks Via Instant is made with the same 100% Arabica beans served at Starbucks. So it's the only instant with the rich, delicious taste of the Starbucks coffees you love and takes only seconds to make. Starbucks Via Instant, the only instant coffee of its kind. Available in black flavored lattes and iced coffee. Hi, Tom Bodette, quote, checking in on my smartphone. Everyone's checking in nowadays at airports, restaurants, appointments with certain medical specialists. Seriously, people, TMI. Anyway, thanks to the Motel 6 mobile app, you can book a clean, comfortable room at Motel 6 on your smartphone and get a great rate. Then when you get to Motel 6, you can check in after you check in. Your friends will be totes jealous. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. And, and the one you bring up, we just released a report yesterday about the targeting of parents who show up at school board meetings to advocate for their son or daughters. The Democrats called it all. I can believe that in the middle of everything that we've been experiencing, 
that we had a technical glitch there. And I apologize for that, but we did. Sorry about that. Anyway, back to business as usual. Let me just tell you what just happened. I thought this was kind of interesting. With this conversation we just concluded, we just were told that Rand Paul and Texas Rep Chip Roy are introducing today legislation that will eliminate the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. That's NIAID. That's Anthony Fauci's baby for the last 20 years. The bill is titled the NIH Reform Act. It would specifically replace the NIAID, NIAID, with three, count them, three separate national research institutes that will be led by directors that are each subject to Senate confirmation and limited to no more than two five-year terms. The three would be the National Institute of Allergic Diseases, the National Institute of Infectious Diseases, and the National Institute of Immunologic Diseases. The directors of each of these new institutes would be appointed by the president, subject to Senate confirmation. We've learned a lot over the past few years, but one lesson in particular is that no one person should be deemed dictator-in-chief. No one person should have unilateral authority to make decisions for millions of Americans. To ensure that ineffective, unscientific lockdowns and mandates are never foisted on the American people ever again, I've introduced this bill to eliminate Dr. Anthony Fauci's previous position as director of NIAID and divide the role into three separate new institutes. This will create accountability and oversight into a taxpayer-funded position that has largely abused its power and has been responsible for many failures and misinformation during the COVID-19 pandemic. That, of course, is Senator Rand Paul. So how do I respond to that? So it is written. So let it be done. Marianne just sent me a text. <laughs> Uh, obviously, I don't even know where she is, but she's not around and she's listening. She said, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap when I get home today. Oh, my gosh. I just cannot take this constant insanity that happens and is perpetrated against the American against the American people by the people we elect to work for us and to represent us, and they're not doing that. We just can't have that happen. We have we have filled this show with all kinds of things, and we're running out of time. But there's something big going on today. And you've heard it on the streets. You hear your kids talking about it. It's TikTok. I call it TikTok, S-H-I-T, because that's what it's all about. It's a social media app. And I would say it's a little more than that, but the Chinese Communist Party has been using it since its inception and since it spread around the United States to grab all kinds of data and information. And countries 
European countries have made it illegal to use for the very reasons that I just mentioned. But then, right now today, on the streets in New York, we have lawmakers that are countering the facts about TikTok and they're pontificating about how good the Chinese government is and how ridiculous it is for us to try to make it illegal. I'm not kidding. Just listen. Our First Amendment. When gives playing us football, the right to you speak run up to 120 pitches. And you work out 650. And TikTok as a platform has created a community and a space for free speech for 150 million Americans and counting. That includes many of the content. That's right. TikTok has allowed me to showcase my products, our process, um, engage with customers, and build a community. It has allowed me to share my passion for spreading joy and um, for handwritten cards. TikTok has given me and countless others like me the opportunity to showcase our talents and make a living doing what we love. So I urge you to consider the impact that banning TikTok could have on people like me. It will not only take away a source of income, but it will also stifle creativity and prevent talented individuals from sharing their art with the world. Now that's happening on the street today. Let me give you a little inside skinny on TikTok. From right here in Shreveport, Louisiana, there is a young man that we know and have known for many years. And he went to college after graduating high school. And he went to work coming out of college for Ernst & Young, the biggest CPA firm, and all kinds of other particular branches of the corporation in the United States. He has been assigned to TikTok for more than two years, investigating. He is a computer genius and finding ways to protect Ernst & Young from TikTok. Yeah, they're trying to get into the IT operations of major U.S. corporations. That, my friends, is a fact. He's so effective. He communicates with TikTok almost daily. They tried to hire him away from Ernst & Young. Don't tell us that there's no there there. We know there is there there. And another thing, if you're in government in the United States of America... Don't try to tell us any longer that you know more than we do about our own lives, our own government, and what's best for us and best for our kids. We're sick of it. This is the home of the brave. We're Americans, and we are governed by the people, for the people. And that will not change. Somebody give me a baseline. (laughs) Let's get out of here. Let's go get down with it. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for tolerating. Yeah, I'm a little bit emotional, but I love my nation. 
and I know you do too. See you tomorrow.